what we call ikigai. Ikigai com, um, consists of four dimensions. You do what you do, you are good at. You enjoy what you love, and you do that, and you get paid on what you do. And the last part is that what you do has to contribute to others. So all the four components put together become an ikigai. Ikigai mm. makes you smile every day. Yeah. That's why you exist. Because you do what you are able to work on what you love, and that you get paid for that, and that at the same time it can contribute to others, people, not only to your salary. So your life is so meaningful because you know that even you don't have the salary today, you can see that you are impact other people's life. It makes you smile anyway. But ikigai is the four components come together. You get paid for that, and for your life, for your work, and for other people as well. Real People is produced by Square Holes, an agency conducting and publishing customized explorative research on key consumer markets, customers, and population segments. Square Holes also provides associated consulting and support to ignite positive business and social behavior change. Visit squareholes.com for more. Radio, hello there. My name is Jason Dunstone, and welcome to Real People, where we interview average and not-so-average people, academics, researchers, and leading thinkers to help us better understand what real people believe and how they behave. Today we're joined by Dr. Anand Tachai, or Om, the Managing Director of Intage Thailand. Intage is a pioneer in marketing research, ranking the top 10 largest firms globally. Orm is an experienced marketing and research professional and a leader with a focus on building strong and purposeful teams who love their job while seeking social contribution. We discuss Orm's time as a 15-year-old spending a year studying in Wagga Wagga, Australia, with not the kindest of welcomes from other students, but remaining with a smile every day, made close friends and lifelong relationships. We discuss the Japanese concept ikigai, which guides a person's reason for being, and discuss how today's young professionals are seeking work-life integration and achieving higher purpose and contribution to the world beyond just work. Let's not waste a moment. On with the show. Hit it! That's what I'm talking about! Wait! Okay now, from the beginning... Thank you so much, uh, Om, for, for joining uh, me and us today. Thank you. Uh, maybe, uh, I'm going to start off like we do with all these interviews. What were you like as a young girl? I think it's a nice one to understand the person. So what were you like when you were about eight? Eight. At eight years old, I always dreamed to learn other languages. So at school in Thailand, everyone has to study English. So my, my dream at that time is always like going to study abroad and when I had a chance to become an exchange student, yeah. it was my dream. And then I chose Australia as yes. my country. So you had choices of, of countries. So, yeah. so did your parents go, here are the places you could no, go? No, no. Once we passed the exam, it was like an um, exam, very difficult exam. You have to get like very high TOEFL to, do, to pass the exam. Then we have to pass the exam and it's AFS program. And AFS, like, uh, you get sponsored from the government. You don't have to pay for anything for a year. And then once you pass, the government will send you the list of the countries you would like to go. So there, was, um, there were America, Australia, New Zealand, and Japan. 
So America was out of the is the first thing that my father crossed it out. Why is that? Because um, he studied there for his master degree, and he said that it was too much for a girl. And he said he doesn't too have much in terms of what? In terms of um, probably of noises. Not noise. I mean noise, noises in life mean that it's a lot of interruption, a lot of things that you cannot focus on yourself. And if one year means that you're going to have the experience of cultural exchange, he said it does not much in America. And that was when you were about 15. Is that yeah, right? about yeah. 15. So where did you where did you choose? So we cho- I chose Australia. Yeah, and, and where, whereabouts in Australia? <laughs> You're probably fun. It's funny because uh, I chose Walker Walker. Yeah. I got a, a list of Sydney family, Melbourne family, Brisbane family, all the big family, and then Walker Walker. Yeah. So Walker Walker stood out because. Why, why did Walker Walker stand Walker out? Walker was so different from other big cities, yeah. and at that time, Walker Walker, I think. Less than 500 people yeah. as a citizens in there, but the family, the ma- the host fa- the host mother was a teacher, so it's my mother is a teacher. So, so you were really looking at the family you were going to be living with. Yeah, yeah. I'm looking for the family that yeah for the whole year, yeah. and then the host father work on the livestock and he has a farm, so that my, was my dream to ride a horse. Yeah. <laughs> so I chose that that place. So, so how much wa- of a shock? Oh, a good or bad shock was it? It going was from a, Thailand it, it, it to was a good Wagga Wagga. Sh- it was a it, at first three months I think it was a bad shock because Walker Walker was so small and um, I probably was the only one Asian person in the city so everyone looked at me yeah and not very nice treats at the school because of at that time I think I was year year nine or something and the younger grade girls the first day I went to school Walker Walker High School. They just call me. Good morning, you dickhead. <laughs> I didn't. I didn't understand what it means. So I said, "Good morning, you too." <laughs> and then, and the next day, it's just like, "Good morning, you asshole." I didn't understand what it, so it using means. Using words and yeah, that's not right. Very yeah, nice, not very nice. nice. I didn't. I didn't. I didn't know. So I just smiled. So how did you work out what those words meant? So I went home to ask my host brother what it means. So he was angry. So in the, in the was next he at day, too? yeah, he was like three years older. Yeah. So he he was angry. So the next day he went to Walker High School with me and tried to find that guy. Said, "No worry, I'm I'm fine." So I think it kept going like that for the first two months that the girls hopefully try to fix out who I am. So it was fine because in. The so how did you get over that when it was that? That's that's. I think that's day very one. important. Oh, I think me. that's that's very important because. If you someone attack you and you attack them back, and that's getting more of the violence, so I didn't do that. So once they negative to me, I put the positive energy back. So I smile and I greet them normal. Good morning, good morning, good morning. How you are you? It, didn't let you didn't let them win or didn't let them feel no, like they were impacting no. you. No, no, and I feel I win because that's an anger that you have to win over. And then I don't mind. I still smile and um, because at cultural exchange student you have a lot of programs that you have to do for school you have to show the cultural um, tradition and um, at that time I think uh, I am a good student I mean in terms of grades and everything high score in mathematics so it's, it's not like um, they see me that I'm not here as um, refugee or something I'm here as exchange students yeah. so after three months those girls are very good. They, they watch me very often, 
and very amazing because by the end of the year when they have to go home these girls cried oh really they said they, they the same me. girls that the same girls they come nice to hug and say I didn't expect that I said and they like me you're so different you make me smile every day something like that oh, so it's good I think that's the first start that I always it makes me think that the positive energy can change not only yourself but can change others and can change community and, and did that come from your did that come from that experience or did yes. that come from your family or like I what? think both from the family hmm. my family in Thailand the host family in Walker Walker they're so positive and also all the experiences that I gather in when I was 15 at that time in Australia so I think that formed me today until today that I believe in the positive energy yeah Yeah. And so you went back to Thailand to finish school? Is yeah, that right? I went back to Thailand to finish school and do my bachelor degree there. What was your bachelor degree? On com, on arts. In It's arts? more like communication. So yeah. I picked um, to study English as my major and um, economics as yep. my, you know, the second one. So Did you know what you wanted to be? Actually, at that time, because I love Australia so much, I always aim that I would like to come back to probably work here or something. So that's why I have English as my major in my bachelor. Yeah. At that time, I thought that I could become an air hostess or the tour guide that I can come back to Australia. Yeah. So travel was a big part yes. of that, that curiosity in the yeah. travel. Mm. To use to practice and to learn more of English and to learn more of the differences of people. Then, so when I had a chance to pick up my master degree, I went to the Gold Coast for Bond University, yeah. and I did my communication as my master degree for two years. So what, what did your family think of when? Obviously, you're an adult by then, but what yeah, did your family yeah. think of when you were going back to Australia to do no, your? No, they're fine. They they're fine yeah. they, because they think it's Australia to them is very yeah. safe, and because the host family when I was there st- in Walker Walker. They still contacted, keep contact with us until today. Yeah. So that's 35 years ago, and they today until today until tomorrow, I'm going to see them. We yeah, still keep lovely. in touch. So yeah. we they really. And you're, you're saying uh, before we started the interview that your son is now yeah. has or just finished off a no no a no study. he just he just come accompany me to to yeah. to to Australia. Oh, so your son hasn't studied there yeah. as well. Okay, he studied in, in Thailand. Yeah, okay, yeah, okay. that's good. Um, And so you, you studied here, and then you became a marketer, or in marketing, yes. or so. After master degree, I went back to Thailand, and I start my career as a bank first, a banker. Yeah, I didn't like it because I didn't like figures. You didn't like figures. The, the yeah. figures, yeah, the yeah. numbers. Yeah, yeah, numbers yeah. It doesn't help you think at all. It's just like you have to do by the rules and formula. So I had a chance to know someone at Newson, so I apply for. Marketing research there at Newson. So I start my career at Newson for five years at Newson. Then I left Newson for the. It's an Australian company open in Thailand. Yeah. It's a trade marketing consultant company. It's called yeah. Market Twenty One. Yeah. At that time, the trade is trade marketing consultant is good. Yeah. So I I joined that company yeah. for a year. And then I met um, the, this lady who is the owner of the local research company. She asked me if I can help her to boost, to grow her business. So I said, "Okay, let's let's grow your business in the way I want." So I I joined her company, and then afterwards, um, Intesh 
Lintech is the um, biggest Japanese company in Japan. Acquired that local company. So now I've been working for Intech for almost 10 years. Okay. Almost 10 years. So yeah. 25 years altogether for being a marketing researcher. Yeah. So what have you gained from that professionally and personally? Is it you, you must understand observed people a lot and sort of seen how marketing works and doesn't work or Yeah, actually in the past five years I would say I'm very little have involved in the research projects and more involved with um, people development. So I'm the coach for the Marketing Association of Thailand and also I'm doing, I did, I did my um, PhD on human resource development. So human is always my curiosity to understand myself, to understand... Humans within, within organisations? Yes, and also um, not only in organisation, but I think in any society, it composed of human. Yeah. Differences of human, difference of generation. So that's my topic of my PhD. Yeah. The generational differences among generation Y, Gen X and baby boomers. Yeah. And I learned a lot from observing them and did my dissertation to study them that their values, both life values and work values are so much different. And are not so much different? Are, are so much different. Are so much different. Yeah, okay. because like for work values, Gen Y, they, they carry a, what you call the career growth, the, car- the growth in the one company is not important to them. On the other hand, baby boomers, they want to grow up the ladder of their mm-hmm. career in one company, but then why they seek for higher and bigger purpose. They not seek for higher position only, but higher and bigger purpose. And can, you, can they achieve that within the same organisation if it empowers them to achieve a higher purpose? Mm. Is yeah, that, is yeah. That that's that's true. Yeah. Because for for the younger gen, if you promote them without any bigger purpose, they leave anyway. They probably enjoy the um, bigger bonus, a higher salary for a few more months, and then if you don't have that big purpose, they leave anyway. Yeah. They always find that what is in them that they can do for others, why they can still earn money. Yeah. And do you find that across different cultures? So if you were talking to staff or people across different cultures, do you find that consistent, the generational differences? Very, I think very similar. Yeah. Because Intex is a Japanese company, so I have to work with the Japanese. Um, they are more disciplined than Thai, but, uh, but if you look at the generation, the, the younger generation has the same value, that they value, like, you know, they don't mind about hard work, but it means that they must learn something. So it's more like um, work-life integration. Why the X, X generation is more work-life balance. I have work here, I have my, to have my life balance. But because Gen Y, because I think of the digital era, the work and life become integration. So it means that they have to really enjoy it every moment because work-life is already integrated. Yeah. Can you so, explain that a bit more? That's a really interesting thing about uh, about rather than being it's moving from being work life balance to work life integration. Yeah. For, explain what a bit more yeah, about for work life for example, if I feel I have much workload, I would stop and you know, I go for holiday or something. So it's more like if I have my time to get rid of work and stay on my own for my family, that's a life balance, work life balance. But for Gen Y because 
they don't have the work separated from life. When they work, they, it, means, it also means their life as well. So that's why you cannot stop them that turn off your mobile phone, turn off your internet or anything, because they're, when they're doing the reports, they're also on the social media. So it just means that... So that might be while they're at work, but also it, when they get home, they might be checking their email. Is that true, right? That's yeah. true, yeah. that's true. That's yeah. true. But for Gen X, I think you feel tired if you have to get to check emails at home. Mm. We try not to do that, but so, Gen yeah. Y they is mixing all the time. Yeah. So could, it, could or should employers say, um, after hours, employees shouldn't be checking emails? <laughs> you, can, you, cannot, you cannot do that for the younger gens because yeah. they said they... Don't, don't bother with how I manage my time. I will finish the work and I hand to you. Something like that. So don't bother with them whether how they're going to manage their time. How, when they're going to come to work, that's their business, not our business. So that's why the term of flexibility becomes important to the younger generation. Can you explain flexibility a bit more? Flexibility in like... Um, because in... America, I think a lot of papers talk about that if you have flexibility at work, it means that uh, employees can choose what time to come, what time to, wh- where to work, and the flexible options. Like, uh, I can choose to work for three days a week or six months a year, and that's a package. So flexibility option become a policy in human resource development in, in America or in Europe. So that, but for in Asia, that is not the case yet, because um, I think Asia is like a um, very high context culture. We involve other people a lot, so we talk to each other at office. We talk about our in like um, family matters all the time, and you don't go for lunch alone. You don't go for dinner alone. Once you're at the office, you, you ask your friends, where are we going for lunch? How was your family last night or something? So it's very mixed between like life and uh, work. Yeah. So it, when we ask the generation Y to choose, which flexible option you want to choose, they don't choose anything because they say, I still want to come to the office. I want to see my friends. And, you know, in Asia, we appear to call the office as a second home and Starbucks at a third home. Mm. So office is really a second home because they spend long hours. Asian is work longer hours than any other countries in the world. So they said, I don't want to choose whether how many days. I just want my boss to understand me when I need a time off. So does that mean that, does flexibility mean that um might be able to come in a bit later and work a bit later. Yeah. Does it mean yeah. I might have Monday, Tuesday off, but I can work on the weekend? Does yes, it mean is that, is that kind of thing? Or I might work for three months and yeah. then I've got a month off? Or, or is, is it that kind of thing? Or is it it's more, more like, a, a more like a, an, an, an understanding. You are right that if, like, if I work late yes, um, last night, I probably send a message to a boss that tomorrow I'm going to work at home. And that the boss should allow me to because that's the flexibility. It's more like understanding that you want to be off because you worked late last night. But it shouldn't come like a package that, okay, I choose, I take this option. It must be like that every time that I'm off every Monday. It's not that case. So it's not the rule. It's more like an allowance, a case by case. So how do employers have it so 
they have sufficient trust in their employees to allow flexibility. So to me, it seems yeah. like a trust issue. I think it's a is trust issue. Is that about issue. the employees being able to be trusted or is it about the employers being able to just relax? I think it's the two ways. Yeah. It's the two ways because if the employees deliver what they promise, I think they can gain trust from the employer. Yeah. On the other hand, if the employer don't give them, don't show them that they trust them, so they don't do that. So it's, I think it's, it has to come at the same yeah. time. Mm. My chief, I'm trying to think. Let's, let's say you've got a new employee that has done so well in the job interview and they just seem amazing, but you're not quite sure. You don't know. And we've all had employees that uh, we've recruited and on their CV and in the job interviews, they're just amazing. But then they haven't really built up trust. So do you have like a probationary period where maybe, yeah. I don't know, you, you, um, the greater flexibility clicks in after a certain period yeah, or do you have uh, flexibility from... Like after, the, yeah, I, after probation. And I think that's... What you mean is the culture, because the culture of the company is, it doesn't matter how many pe- new people come in, but the main group of people is still there as um, older employees. So the culture shows them that you have to respect yourself, you have to respect your work, you have to respect your, uh, your, the other people. So once they join, they see this culture, they know that, okay, they cannot be cheating that, okay, I'm off today and they cannot deliver the work because the culture of the company is yeah. around them. So, so, it's, it's so like it really comes back to that culture, doesn't it? It is, And, it and is. I wonder whether it's... I, I always sort of look when it's sort of talking about generational differences of, yes, I can see those generational differences, but maybe it's times change. You get, um, is it possible you might have some... So um, the generational differences are less, less age-based and more psychographical could you have someone who's i don't know 40 something that wants the same thing that somebody who's 20 something i think psychological effect has um, something to do with that as well but on the on the average on the average because then why did they grow up with less patience everything is on automatic so they are more less they are less patient trained differently yeah yeah. they are trained differently and um, i think they have to be we have to accept that they are faster in adopt the technology if you have then X baby boomers and Y, you teach the new technology to them, it probably takes one hour for the Gen Y. Gen yeah. X one day, baby boomer one, one week or something. Once the cash up, this kind of thing, is not, um, it's not the same pace that causes frustration. Yeah. So that's the generation matters in some things. Yeah. But you, as you said, you're correct. On what they, their background, what, how they groom, how they grown up, yeah. Matters a lot as well. That's right. So you need, they still need to have strong values and yeah. ethics and morals, mm. irrespective of their age, don't they? Yeah. Really? So I'm, the, I'm guessing there's some 40 or 50 year olds who are going, oh, thank goodness the work culture and the work expectations and flexibility is finally changing. We've wanted this all our life and now we can actually have it. So we've got freedom. Yeah. Is that, do you think, is that fair that you might you'd have people who are a bit, bit more mature that, They've always kind of wanted a bit more freedom and flexibility, or their life, their life, or their, their lifestyles changed, and I think their and life, they've their welcomed yeah. those changes. Or? Their lifestyle changed. They welcomed, yeah. st- and I think that's why a lot of um, what do you call work, co-working spaces yeah. are getting more popular. Yeah. And even technology means you, uh, you, you don't, don't, you don't be, need you don't to be at work to check, like to check your emails or to check the yes, document. Yes, but or. if you have the baby boom boss, they still want to see you at the office. 
I don't know so whether... Why, do you, why do they still want to see you at the office? What do you think the fundamental? I think that the, what they've been growing up in the office, they don't... That is Probably they have... Not, not because they don't trust the younger people, but because they have been treated that way. So, so they, they've, had, they've been treated that way. Yeah. So they expect to treat their employees that way. Exactly. Yeah, isn't that interesting? So I think I, what I see in the past 10 years as a management person that is uh, there's uh, frustration between Gen Y and baby boomers and Gen X is the bridging gap. This is good. So, so Gen X has a little bit of both yeah, to a yeah. certain extent. So they're so. more understanding what the Gen Y needs and what the uh, baby boomer needs. Yeah, Yeah. okay. So um, is there a simple formula or ingredient or Venn diagram of what makes a successful company? Is the, there a, what, what, what pulls it all together? To for my company? Oh, no, just, just a, a, a company that you, you mentor and guide. Um, obviously, your company and just broader uh, have broader conversations and mm. presentations around building a successful company. What, yeah. what, what would you say the, uh, the, the 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 strong value is? It, is it values? Is it is it is there another sort of other other? Kind I of think there are three structures? layers. Three layers um, comparing to the Maslow needs. I think there are probably five layers, but can be grouped in three segments. The fundamental is about you have to have the, those hygienic factors in the right place the pay and the per and the benefits there and then in the middle is the culture yeah. that the culture has to match your value and the upper part of the pyramid is the self-esteem which is that they must feel proud of the company they work for and the pride comes from the company's name and also the boss's name yeah. the boss's vision the boss popularity the boss you know how they work in the company, how they achieve as a business. Yeah. So and what their company is achieving. Yeah, so and also how the company contribute to others, how the other people recognize the company, not only the business, but other things. So I think that's, that's, that's one thing. And the, the uppermost is the, the shared value or the shared purpose. The company will be successful if you have those people work for you that have the same goal that I want to work for this company because this company is doing this and that for whom. So I think that's three layers. Is that being really clear about what those shared values are? Yeah, yeah, yeah they have to be very clear. And I would say in many papers, in even my own PhD paper, bosses play a very important role on this. About setting clear visions yeah. and values. Yeah. And Not only setting them, but you have to walk the talk. The bosses have to be daily the one who do it yeah. and then demonstrate that not only the val- the vision mission on the paper but the vision mission that you really work on it so the employees see that and they do it so yeah. it becomes the value and yeah. the culture and at the same time the people outside the company see that and it's just more like a brand issue branding building brand building is like an internal brand building mm. so it must have these three components the hygienic factors the cultures and the share values or the mm. share purpose. So it's all together. Yeah. It's, it's a in very strong internal brand that makes your promise to the clients very strong. Yeah. So once you have your promise is very strong, you deliver what you promise, the clients so come back. So you're not back. just promising something that doesn't get delivered. You're yeah. actually delivering Yeah. That. So yeah. I think the very simple words to explain brand is uh, brand is a promise. And we don't own a brand. 
we own a promise. What we, as an employees, have to do is that deliver that promise and make sure the experience up to that promise. Yeah. So that's. That so what would be what would be an example of a, a promise that you think that, um, or you see that um, new employees uh, would would value? What, what's a, what's a, like the kind of promise? Uh, I was. Um, I would think about this company. I think probably easy case to 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 discuss. You know, Tom's Tom's the the shoes company. Yeah. Tom's they don't call themselves they are the shoes company or anything. They call themselves that their value is about the giving company. So anyone who wants to join this company knows that the value is about the giving. So you must have the giving feeling. You must have that giving value. So you join the company, and once they join, this value is really executed. So it becomes the culture. It becomes their daily life of thinking how to give to others. One pair of shoe buy, one pair of shoe given to others. So this kind of thing. So it's become like a promise at the, on the first day, and it deliver internally yeah, okay. and externally. Yeah, and that self-actualization on yeah. Maslow's hierarchy of needs is, is really what you're driving yes, towards. Is yes, that right? So, yes, yeah. so you feel proud of what you're doing every day yeah. to achieve that yeah. broad outcome. And um, the self-actualization means that you find a way how to be better every day. Not probably not some. It doesn't matter whether you're better at yourself or you make others better. Yeah. So that's very important yeah. that better become the keyword for self-actualization. Yeah. Because if you feel good about yourself, that's the self-esteem. Yeah. And actualization means that how I can be better to others, not yeah. only to yourself. That's right. So finding employees who have those same values is critical. Yeah, is that that's, right? that's true. Are there, are there gaps? If you looked at Maslow's hierarchy of needs, and anyone can just Google that if they don't know what that is, but do you see gaps where, I don't know, younger people or other people where where there's a gap, where they feel like that's missing, that's not missing, that you're finding that that's not being fulfilled in their life or they're, they're not seeing that as being as important as it should I, be. I, what I see is that the younger people, they want to climb up the Maslow needs level faster than the older gen. Yeah. The older gen, they more established and they feel that, okay, after I retire, should I look after myself and my health? So health, health and self is more important among the, young, um, the older gen. But at the younger gen, I think because they've been exposed to many things, and I think, unfortunately, they've been grown up in the changing world that where the iceberg is melting, where is, we are surrounded with the global warming. So they are seeking for change. Because they know that if it, they don't do something, they're not going to survive. Yeah. So this kind of thing that I think the environments force them to think of better things. Yeah. Unlike in the past, we, we, are not, we are not being affected by this kind of envir- environmental change. We're not affected by this kind of, you know, the, what you call the, the one that killing the war, the war, the war in, you know, the, what you call them, the war... The, when there is um, a group of soldiers in eastern area that they fight each other all the time, what do you, what is oh, the um, word of that one? Is the not sure. Sorry. Yeah. No. Like for example, the 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 incidents when the people fly the train to crash the World Trade Center. Yeah. Terrorist. Ter- terrorist. Terrorist. Yeah, okay. okay. There we go. Ter- uh, in the past, yep. at our age, we don't have that kind of terrorist yeah, issue. Okay. But the younger gen, they've been grown up with the terrorists. Mm. 
it's a lot of you know bad yeah. things around the terrorists, the culture change, the climate change. So they know that they cannot do, they cannot sit still and do nothing. They cannot just like try to grow up and climb the ladder because yeah, okay. if they don't do something, you know, they cannot survive. Yeah, Australia uses a, or some Australians use a term, "she'll be right, mate." Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> and yeah. but it's almost like, and a term that I use is almost it's um. Pessimistic optimism, so yeah. quite pessimistic about the future and really worried about the future. Yes, and you see, true. but optimistic in going, unless I do something about yes, it, it's not going true. to change. Is, is, that, is that kind yeah. of what's sort of starting yeah, to occur? Okay, mm-hmm. that's interesting. And um, one of the one of the, a, a conversation I've had a couple of times in the podcast and and, and 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 away from it is that idea of businesses need to be selfish in some ways or maybe selfish in terms of that they need to make a profit or they need to be thinking about their own um, uh, survival but also selfless so it's almost it's balancing those two. is that are you seeing that as a, a change or a trend or are you finding leaders more aware of the importance of yeah I think leaders are more aware of that that um, you cannot focus on your business only because like um, as as we mentioned that the younger people, the younger consumers, not only employees, younger consumers, they are looking for the meaningful companies, mm. meaningful brands as well. So if you don't do anything, your brand becomes just like average. So you have to do something that's not only for your own business, but for others' people, yeah. so that you become stand out in a way in terms of branding, but it makes yourself happy and your employees happy, your stakeholders happy, your mm. customers happy as well. So it means that you have to balance between what you do and what you give. In my term, I always tell my employees that the giving hand is always higher than the receiving hand. Yeah, okay. So it means that you have to try to think what else you can do for other people. Yeah. Even you cannot do it now, make sure that your report, your projects deliver more than the client expect because that means you are the giver. Yeah. giving more than expect so as you are younger um, younger staff you can do that perform best on your work and do it more expected but when you become the leaders in the company you have to think of the bigger world that's you know apart from the office what about those in the community we cannot survive without them mm-hmm. so we have to think between a bit balance between profit and also the people in yeah. outside the world. That's right. And it's a hard balance. I, I, I guess that's one trend that we've noticed, and we've even used it in our own business, and like we'll, we'll use the word sort of uh, making the world better, and, and you kind of look and go, oh, they're saying that too, and they're saying everybody says it, and, it's, and I guess one of the – it's really hard to, to make yeah. the world better. It's really hard to make that change. <laughs> it's, a, it's very easy to say, but it's very – difficult to, to, to do it. I mean, maybe that's where the clash comes from, a, a boomer in leadership positions and a, a, um, a millennial or, or, or even a Gen, a Gen X, where they're going, well, they want to make the world better, but up here they're going, oh, we've got to pay our bills and we've got to, yeah. we've got to pay staff. How do you... And, and I find, like, particularly in bigger businesses, they, they have profit expectations going up and up and up and up and they've got boards and shareholders and how, how do you... How do you change that? It's almost like a change in thinking of businesses, isn't it? Really, that mm. profit's not the only mm. measure, or um, and you is know, that the, right? is it? it's, it's, uh, if you do something good in terms of the business structure, we call it a social gain, and that social gain brings you money anyway. Like for the case of Tom's, yeah. when you have social gain, people talk about you. People want to help you to buy the shoes. 
So you have the social gain that converted to money mm. anyway. On the other hand, if you don't do anything about the social, and if you do negatively to the social, you may have the social negative impact, mm. and that means you increase your cost to fix things. For example, if you have the negative impact on the customer experience, it's you spend more to fix the experience. Mm-hmm. So that's the social impact as well. Yeah. So I think it's all the same, all the same topic. That if you do think goods. The goods t- return to you yes. is a social impact as yeah. a positive. Yeah. But if you don't, it's a negative anyway. Mm. Especially in this digital era, when the word of mouth, the viral goes very quickly, it can harm, yeah. um, break or make your brand yeah. within a second. So if we do good, good things will happen to us. That's, so that's so true. it's the thinking around an organisation. So it's yeah, it's 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 it's, it's the. Um, I guess the desire. Everybody wants to do better, and everybody wants to yeah. make things stronger. Um, but it's those reality bits that come through. Even I guess I look at some organisations, say a startup that that does very well, and they've had the founders that have got a very strong values and mm. vision to grow the business, and uh, they get to a point and they need to get investor funding on, and then potentially if things don't go as well as what they would like, then mm. they maybe are forced to to, to change their values. <laughs> yes, so how, do, how do you? I, I guess it's your staff, but it's also, I guess, at a broader level, it's kind of keeping the values strong within the whole organisation. Maybe when things aren't going well, it's probably easy to keep good values when things are going well, but when things are tricky, yeah, I yeah, think, how would you manage that? Um, I think one of the secrets is consistency and also a lot of people, a lot of, I see a lot of big brands talking about, like, you know, the green campaign, it becomes the CSR, not the real value. Yeah, CSR right. means that you go out and do something and you take photos and do the public relation, promote that. It's not about that. It's, a, it's not about the value. The value is that you believe in that and you continue doing it. And it's about the inclusiveness. When we talk about the community, it doesn't mean that you go once to build a school for them and you leave the school for them. That's CSR. Mm. But the real value for social contribution is that you really make them build the school for themselves and you grow with them. Yeah. So it's more like inclusiveness, not exclusiveness. Mm. So I see the um, CSR as an exclu- exclusive event once and it's all over. Yeah. But the uh, real social value contribution is about inclusiveness. Mm. You grow with them, you don't build a house for them but you teach them how to build a house yeah. and it's more sustainable that yeah. way. And it's about bringing those skill sets into the organisation yeah, and setting those as KPIs or key performance yes. indicators as, as you go forward. Yeah. Yeah. And once you become a strong value in the company, you don't need a KPI. Mm. It's in the DNA. So they say the employees will keep asking, when are we going to do that again or something? Yeah, it, yeah it's, it's in their DNA that they so know. So that energy starts to create That's true. Um, change and improvement in the broader community, in the broader yeah. world, beyond just profit. Yeah. Is that right? And that's, that's, what, that's, that's what staff are wanting nowadays. Yeah. Yeah. In, the, um, in the UN, Sustainable Development Goal, we talk about the three P, people, planet and profit. So I think all the leaders have to balance between the three yeah. people, planet, and the profit. Pla- yeah. Planet, including the community development as well. Yeah. Mm. And you're finding that conversation 
is changing in large corporations across the world. You, you, yeah, you're yeah. seeing that? Yeah. Yes, I think so. Yeah. And uh, if you look at that, if you, if you go to website of Unilever, P&G, Nestle, yeah. they're always moving on this way. Yeah. That's not about the exclusive CSR campaign, but they really try to grow the community and, you know, focusing on something that they are really good at. Like 2025, Nestle aimed that they all their plastic has to be like reused, recycled or reduced, something mm. like that. Mm. And do you think that's come from within those organisations wanting to be good or community pressure for them to be good? I think it's good? a pressure. I think, think it's, it's a, for the big company it's a pressure. Yeah. But again, it's fair, it's, it's fair for them. It, at least they start. I think that's, that's good. Yeah. Because some so pressure doesn't have, some pressure doesn't really affect any action. So just like just ignore you something yeah. so the big brands when they are pressured and they start doing something I think that's good yeah. because they have so much power they have so many branches in all countries in the world I think what they does affects it has a ripple effects yeah, okay. to other people as so they're well. moving in the right direction yeah, so yeah. Unilever had uh, uh, some press releases out, out recently about how their, their negative brands or brands that aren't having a positive impact on the community They'll, they had a timeline on it. I can't remember, recall what the timeline is, but they'll sell them. So yeah. they'll sell them off. And some of the social media commentary was saying, what, what do you mean sell them off? They should close them down. So <laughs> what, what's your sort of thought about yeah, sort of that when yeah. a big group like that goes, we're doing the right thing, we're mm. getting rid of them out of our portfolio. Mm. What yeah. should they, have, you got, have you heard of that? Or? Yeah, I heard, I've not heard about the Unilever case, but I heard of some other things that whether it's totally off or... Temporarily fix it or something. I I believe that if you have a good intention, is you have to sh- really change it, not pause it. I think it's a w- some way when they say that I, I pause it temporarily. It's just like you hide it in some way. It's still there. Yeah. You just put it under the carpet. It's still there anyway. Yeah. So I don't I don't believe in the term of hiding. You have to really fix it right. Yeah. Okay. Mm. And is that about getting the right advice? Yeah. So they do it properly. That's true. Yeah. Rather than looking like they're doing the right thing, they have to <laughs> yeah, do the right thing. Yeah. Yeah. True. Yeah. And, and everyone is watching in this small world. Everyone is watching whether what you're doing. And, they, and they, sharing it yeah, and talking and they, about it. They don't it. forget. They probably have other things to focus yeah. on the next day. Yeah. But they definitely don't forget what the brand does. Okay. So in essence, why does it matter for a business to be a business for good or a social business? Yeah, because... I think a lot of things are changing around us and the world is changing and driven by the younger generations and what we see their values, they are literally looking for those brands with the values because not only for their working places but for their consumption as well. They have the right to choose and they will choose. Like you know that there are a group of young girls in Europe that do the protest I think she's, going, she's 16 years old and she's going to get the Nobel Prize this year. She protests about the climate change and um, she spoke at the United Nations about the climate change and her, most of her protests is about climate now, homework later, which is so true. Why do you have to study so hard yeah. when, the, when the climate is changing and there's no going, so risky, so much risk around them. So I think 
more and more of the younger gens going to ask for that. If you don't do it now, you'll be being pushed to do it. So I think it's better to do now to manage the situation before the brand is being managed. I don't like the word pressure, but once it's come a pressure, it means that you are forced to do it. Mm. It's not your value. That's right. So the brand must start to think about it now and start to do it now before you are being managed to do mm. it. Mm. That's right. It's not always more profitable to do the right thing, but mm. it's the right thing to do. It's true. You don't have to do many things. Just one small thing that you believe in, and you can do a very good. And I think that's come to. My philosophy, not my philosophy, but actually it's a Japanese philosophy. What we call ikigai. Ikigai com, um, consists of four dimensions. You do what you do, you are good at. You enjoy what you love, and you do that, and you get paid on what you do. And the last part is that what you do has to contribute to others. So all the four components put together become an ikigai. Ikigai mm. makes you smile every day. Yeah. That's why you exist. Because you do what you are able to work on what you love, and that you get paid for that, and that at the same time it can contribute to others, people, not only to your salary. So your life is so meaningful because you know that even you don't have the salary today, you can see that you are impact other people's life. It makes you smile anyway. But ikigai is the four components come together. You get paid for that, and For your life, for your work, and for other people as well. So it's not about just finding your passion. There's, there's, there's really it's more. Yeah, it's, it's more, more complex than, than that. It's yeah. more complex. It's more inclusive. Yeah. The once when we involve other people, benefit. It's more inclusive experience that we have to think about. And it start with that. What you are really good at, do that and make your expertise benefit others. Not only yourself, and you feel really proud of yourself, and you become self-actualization because you know that every day you want to be better—not for yourself, but for others. And when you see others smile, it gives you a bigger smile back because it's, you know the world is so bright and shy yeah, out there. Mm. There's so much, um, yeah, tricky bits about the world, but there's lots to smile about. Yeah, yeah. yeah. What uh, we start off with you as a young girl studying in Wollongong. Uh, as a young, as a 15 y e a r o l d I think it was. Uh, yeah, yeah. What would you suggest to young people moving forward? And you, you kind of did with uh, just in your, your last sort of overview, but mm. uh, about finding your passion, etc. But what what else would you suggest to young people about how how to have a successful life, a successful career? Uh, I would say they have to really understand themselves first. What what their passion, what their life, what they love, and that's. Make their passion good for others because what I see for the young people is that because in the world of social media, they are they compare themselves with others on the social mm. media. That I don't have that car, I don't have that cloth. I why don't I don't why did my friend goes to France or something? They compare all the time, and but they forget that those pictures on the social media are selected to show off. Mm-hmm. So they have to really understand what they, who they are, what they want. Don't compare themselves because each hap- each one happiness is different. I think they have to realize that e- every one of us is different and unique. So they have to identify what is their own uniqueness, what is their happiness, identify the happiness inside first, 
and grow on their passion. Yeah. That curiosity you started with about the, the about understanding yourself before that's you can understand true. other people. Yeah. Again, that's a quite a complex one. I, I know people who are. I've got a daughter who's 15 and she's, she's been told she has to work out what she's going to um, study in her year 11 and 12 and what she's going to do after she finishes school. And I know 40-year-olds and 50-year-olds are still trying to work out who they are. Do you have any hints or tips about how, how do you how do you discover yourself? Do you I think the, the... It's just like a company. The culture, is, the culture matters. So for the girls... I think the family matters, school friends matter. So I think if we can um, see the environment around them, I'm not mean that controlling the the, the the young the young girls, but I mean that they look at you at the parents as a mentor, mm. and I think that's a culture in the in the in the family. In every house has a subculture, so yeah. if what we are, how what we do, how we act, how we speak, what we think, that influences the young people a lot as well. So I think the family is um, the smallest unit that impacts and yeah. forms the foundation for people to grow up. It's a subculture that really affects their life, their ways of thinking. Yeah. And if you are positive in the family, once they have the problems, Everyone wants to talk to the positive persons. Yeah. So if we are, we stay positive. They know that once they have problems, yeah. they come to talk to us, yeah. and the problems always give us opportunity to be creative and learn. So yeah. I don't try to like for my girls. I don't try to fix her problems. Fix it first, and consult me if she cannot fix yeah. it, because so that she can use. Because in real life, she has to fix. She has to find alternative options. To solve the problems, yeah. and I think that's very important for all families to build the immune system for their family, for their kids, everything. And the parents have much effect on the culture in the family. It's mm. just like if you think the family is just like a small company, it's the same thing. It's about the foundation of the Maslow needs. The basic needs must be fulfilled. She's happy. She has a um, basic needs. She needs to grow up. She can do exercise, she feels safe, she feels loved. And before being the self-esteem, she yeah. has to pass the three levels of the yeah. Maslow needs first. So creating those values in that, that yeah. young person really, isn't it? And it is. Then they need to, something seeds and they start to grow into whoever they yeah. want to be moving forward. That's is, true. Is that right? Yeah. But it, it starts off with that, 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 that strong, I guess, family yeah, group I, of friends. I think that's what I call it um, immune system. Yeah. Immunity, right? Yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. Yeah. Excellent. <laughs> Thank you so much, Alan. That was you. great. Thank okay. you. Okay. To comment on today's show, do so via Square Holes or myself on Twitter or your favourite social media. You can find me at Jason Dunstone. For more on today's show, other episodes and articles on all things human-centred, customer-focused, innovation and entrepreneurship, go to squareholes.com forward slash blog. Thank you for listening. Uru.